Hey yo! Welcome to the Arts Block Podcast for artists, for artists, by artists, by artists. We can talk about anything that we want. Give it up from Eric Cray, the third, third, third gentleman. Hey yo! Welcome back to another episode of the Arts Block Podcast. I am your host, Eric Curry the Third, and today. We are with a, a very special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a uh, singer, songwriter, producer, fellow podcaster. Her podcast is called Just an Educated Black Girl. Y'all should check that out. We have Jordan Jones in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Um, first things first, how are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm great. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for asking. Um, I want to jump straight into the music. You sent me that track last night. It was amazing. What was the inspiration? What was the story? Tell me. I'm interested. It's literally, so the song is called A Love Letter to a Friend. And mm-hmm. it is literally a love letter to a friend. I wrote it about a friend of mine. And mm-hmm. uh, we're really close. So I just decided to write it down. It's, it's everything I write about has either happened to me or I feel like it's going to happen to me. It's all true. It's all how I feel. It's all, it's not about no fake stuff. I don't write a lot about love. That was like one of my first love songs anyway. It's not really a love song, but you know, it's kind of one, my first thing that revolved around that topic anyway. So I think that's really cool to like It's No, nah, it was amazing. It was great. I listened to it. Usually when I get sent songs, I'm just like, oh, okay. But I listened to yours and I was like, this is actually really, really good. So I was excited listening to your song. Um, would you say like that flow of the song and how the song went, would you say that that's how, that's what represents you like as a person? Yeah. I, I don't make R&B music. I, I love R&B. That genre is great, but I never personally sang it. It's just like not, or like wrote it. It's just not my style. And I feel like more instrumental stuff, more alternative stuff, more pop stuff in a way is more my style. Cause I can't write something that I don't feel so. I got you. I feel that. I really do. And we talked last night for for a little bit and you um and you told me about your interest in musical theater. Mm-hmm. Uh elaborate on that a little bit more. What got you into that? So I first got into musical theater around sixth or seventh grade. I was in elementary choir and it sounds so corny, but the first musical I was introduced to was Hamilton because my choir was doing like a little snippet. And my teacher was like, you should be Hamilton, sing the song, da 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 And I was like, I can't rap, I can't do all that. So then <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna just do it. So then I went home and I was like learning lyrics, learning lyrics. I'm like, this is so good. So as I'm learning lyrics, I'm listening to the rest of the soundtrack and trying to figure out the story behind this man. And it's so good. So then I go on this downward spiral, finding every musical I can find, listening and watching and listening and watching. And then I just been there ever since. And that's all I want to do. Like, it's crazy. Okay. So as someone who doesn't like musicals, what is a musical that you will recommend that you will recommend me to watch and be like, oh yeah, that's the musical that that will get you to like musicals? Oh, that's hard because everybody likes different stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting because you I could I could recommend you one of my favorite musicals, but you would not like it at all because it's like a different thing than what you would normally listen to. I think there's a lot of newer stuff coming out that kind of represents more of what, you know, what 
the newer generation likes in a musical. I would say In the Heights, who is also from Ham, the guy that wrote Hamilton also wrote that. It's really um, rap oriented. It's different languages if you're into that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's a musical that I think shares a lot about a struggle, shares a lot about you know, it's a good storyline. And it's his first musical and it won Best Musical in 2008. So I think that that's a good choice to go with. And everybody else, like, I don't know, but I think that there's a lot of good musicals out there and you can find one that you like. There has to be, like, it's no way that there's no musical because everything is different. Like, it's no... Yeah. What attracted you to the acting portion of the musicals? I think that when you are conveying a song anyway, you have to act. Like, there's no way that you could just stand here and just have a straight face and sing. Like, that's so boring. Like, you have to show some type of emotion. And even just that small aspect of seeing while doing it is just you trying to think of what this character's feeling, what you're going through. And that's something that we constantly talk about in vocal anyways. You have to learn how, how your character feels. You have to learn how, what you're trying to convey in this song to get to the audience. If you can't, if you can't convey a feeling during the song, then your song is going to be lifeless. It's going to be boring. Yeah. You got to, like, learn how to do that. And then just adding on that to learning lines and stuff, is not, that's never been hard for me. So learning how to convey a character and learning, like, each line delivery, I think that's really interesting. It's so many different ways to say one line. Like, it's never going to be just, oh, I say it like this. No, it's always going to be, like, 15 different ways, and you always do that type of thing. So that's really cool. Um, Who... Who inspired you to get into all of this, like the musical theater and like music in general? Is there a single person that inspired you to get into all of this? I think both my parents were like crazy supportive. I went to an arts elementary school, which is kind of unheard of anywhere. But <laughs> hey, Paul, what, arts what arts elementary school did you go? to Benjamin Falloy. Um, oh, you went to Falloy? Oh. <laughs> I went to Fort Lauderdale from third grade to eighth grade, and before that, I went to Pullen from kindergarten or half of kindergarten to second grade. Oh, so yeah. So you've been in the arts for like forever. Yeah. So once I hit like third grade, and I was really like, "This is what I want to do." My dad was like, "Go, go, go." My mom was like, "Go, go, go." So that's just kind of how I started. And then my dad wants me to like make my own music, which I've been doing, but mm -hmm. that's not like the end goal that's not like i'm not trying to be a recording artist which is perfectly fine if i am but like i'm not that's not my goal at the end so but i think that's really cool like, well what is your goal at the end because i i find it really interesting as a as a person in vocal and i know a lot of uh, vocal students they tend to want to be become uh, recording artists i find it really interesting that you are one of few that don't want to be a recording artist so what is the end goal the end goal is hopefully Broadway, but that's kind of, that's kind of broad. So you got to think about maybe an off-Broadway show, maybe a national tour with a musical. Like, you know, because Lion King goes on national tours, they come here, then go to somewhere else. Like, I think that's really cool. Um, anything musical theater, like, I swear, a show, a TV show that revolves around music, like, I think that me being in that acting, singing, dancing space is really good. Like, I, I love that whole space. Um, and I think that after that, like, after I've won my Tony or done whatever I want to do, it's just, like, helping other people get, get there and, like, becoming a vocal coach or whatever, because 
like, you know, the best vocal coaches are so expensive and I don't want to do that to kids like me or kids like that mm-hmm. and don't have enough money to go fly out places and spend all their money on one session with a vocal coach. Like, mm-hmm. I want to help other people and make that affordable for other people. Too. And speaking of musical theater, you were in a mall. Yes, I was. You were in a mall. How was that experience? Did you enjoy that? Yes, yeah, so I did a mall my ninth and tenth grade year. Mm-hmm. So that was an experience in and of itself. I came into the school and they don't usually give like freshmen lead roles in anything. They were just like, you want to sing a mall? And right? And I'm like, I never sang opera before. I never did an opera before. I've only done musical theater before. Mm-hmm. So this is my, it was like my first opera and I thought that was really interesting. Learning how to convey a crippled 12 year old boy was also interesting. Um, I had to, I mean, like, I had to really prepare because I was like, I had to constantly think what would a little boy be doing? Cause I'm not, I was never a little boy. I never had that energy, I guess. That's, that's so right. I just was like, yeah, I just was <laughs> like, what is he really thinking right now? And it's only him and his mom. So you have to like, think about he's so protective of his mom, even though he's crippled and she's protective of him because he's crippled. Yeah. So it's like that whole back and forth in that play. I got to be, my mom got to be somebody that I'm really close with anyway. I, I went to middle school with her, Tiana. She's really nice. And she's in Manhattan right now in college. And that's really cool. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good experience. And I wouldn't trade it. Like tech rehearsals was insane, but it was really fun. And yeah, that was really cool. Do you miss performing because of all this covid and all this you're not able to perform not able to do anything so do you miss it yeah i do i think that i get tired a lot like from doing that but at the end of the day it's so fun like saturday rehearsals and stuff not having to go to academic dinner art just it feels like you're in art all day and rehearsal all day and i think that's like something that i like that's when i realized like oh musical theater is kind of for me because i don't mind being in the long rehearsals if i'm doing what I like I like to do yeah so that's really cool and I think that just overall like performing is a good experience for anybody just getting out your shell even if you like don't have stage fright if you have stage fright whatever getting out your shell and learning how to do new things and perform for people is really cool no matter what you're performing yeah and from talking to you now and from talking to you last night you seem very much like an entertainer you love to entertain the people. That's that's the vibe I'm getting I'm getting from you. So what are some risks that you'll take performing just to entertain the people? Okay, so I've heard about this a lot, like taking risks like on stage and whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that it's interesting, like it you can take risks on stage, but it's not always a thing you have to do. Like you don't always have to go for the craziest things on stage. If the people love your music and the people love how you sound, they're going to love how you sound regardless of if you're riffing and running or hopping up and down. Like, it it is what it is. So I I wouldn't say, like, personally, I take a lot of risks on stage because I I definitely don't. I definitely like to practice a lot and I'm real, like, you know, methodical and tactical what I do because I want to go out there and show my best self. Like, I don't want to mess something up. Like, which is perfectly fine. You can do whatever you want. But, like, I don't want to show a bad representation of me on stage so even when i'm practicing i'm like should i opt up here should i sing higher right here should i do a different you know there's things that you can do that will make your performance better without you having to risk it all on stage because i swear them high notes ain't going nowhere like they're going to be there when you're in rehearsal they're going to be there when you're on stage so yeah i think that's something 
That's gonna be the title of this episode. Them high notes ain't going nowhere. <laughs> That's gonna be the title of this episode. Um, I want to talk to you about your your podcast. Your I listen to every episode except ten. I didn't get to ten yet. Um, I need to get to ten. I'm probably gonna listen to ten later today. Uh, tell me about the journey of you podcasting. Where did that start? So I started my podcast in May or June of this year. Um, it was during like the world was in chaos. The world was in shambles. And I just was like, I, what am I doing to help anything? Like I literally feel like I'm not doing anything, which is hard because I'm a minor. I can't really do much anyway. I can't like my dad doesn't allow me to go to protest, which yeah. is for my safety or whatever. But like, I would love to be out there, but so I couldn't, I felt like I just really wasn't doing as much as I could. So I was like, what can I do to really just kind of help people or just to educate myself? Because mm-hmm. over this whole break, I've become more educated about politics and stuff that I didn't know before, even when I was in school. So I was like, I'm going to start a podcast and we're going to just get it going. Like that just was going to happen. So through the whole thing, this is when the protests were happening. I was like, what's my first episode going to be? And I thought about how all these white people that were out here marching with black people was really like powerful. So I was like, let me get a white ally on here. And we're just going to talk about why she's an ally, what, what she does as an ally, how she helps people. And I think that's like how it all started. And then after that, I just put it out episodes about anything. I want to get your stance on how it feels to be a black woman in today's society. I listen to your podcast and um, I know you talk a lot about um, the black woman's perspective, um, obviously, because it's called just an educated black girl. And I really would like to know how does it really feel being a black woman in today's society? I, I can't speak for everyone. And that's really hard. Like, I can't speak for everyone's experience. I can only speak for my experience and what I've gone through um, in my area, because like different cities is different cities. Yeah, I think that in DC, it's really interesting. It's everyone has this like this kind of preconceived notion of what what a black girl is or what a black woman mm-hmm. is, and like they show this like ghetto black hood hoops and all that stereotype, which a lot of people aren't like that. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm definitely not like that. I'm nowhere near like that. <laughs> So, um, and if you are, that's perfectly fine. It's just that I don't want to be grouped with everyone. Not None of us are alike in that type of sense. So um, I think that it's, it's really hard to just break out of that, what is like, what is already set for you. It's like, oh, they're telling this for you and you're going to be like this, but I'm like, it's not like that. So I really have to show like that I'm definitely educated. I'm definitely Mm-hmm. Like, I'm definitely capable of everything that y'all is capable of or whoever I'm trying to convince or whatever. I think that being a black girl is, I'm light-skinned, so mm-hmm. I don't go through all the problems as a dark skin, which colorism is dumb. But, um, yeah, like, I, I get a lot of jokes about that, and I hate being told I'm not black enough. I, I've been told I talk like a white girl before, which is perfectly fine, but like, what does a white girl talk like? What does a black girl talk like? What is your, like, what is your headspace when you're saying that? What do you think a black girl talks like? What do you think a white girl talks like? So I've been told I'm not black enough, which I get a lot, but I think that it's just because I come off as professional and I hate that we we put white as professional and black is not professional. Mm -hmm. Like that's so dumb. But that's also, I'm not, I don't mean to cut you off, but that's also so weird because 
if is speaking white like speaking properly is, right exactly exactly is speaking black speaking ghetto like what it like what is it like there's and i feel like that that's something that's been put on us from the beginning of time and it's kind of rough especially for our generation because we are way more educated and we can have um a better education than and be more educated than um the generations before us and it's kind of wow do you feel like that that you need to teach the younger generation of black women that's coming up under you that it's okay to be like that yeah because i don't because i have a younger sister and she just turned nine years old i don't want her to grow up thinking she gotta be like this to be accepted like even in even in when i was going to school in maryland like there was this whole thing about how you should dress and all that type of stuff that made middle school ex- like really hard for me yeah so i think that being able to break out of that and being like just be who you are like don't play dumb for nobody like don't act a certain way for nobody and just you can speak proper you can speak however you want like literally it's so dumb how you get put all this stuff like you get all this stuff put on you before you're even like you know an adult like you have to talk this way you have to look this way and dress this way and wear skinny jeans and like it's so dumb i just think that showing them that you can break barriers and that you have to break those barriers to not become a statistic is well message yeah and i want to and i want to talk to you about that because you said um you know just being who you are who are you who is jordan jones how would you how would you describe yourself i think i'm a lot of different things that it's hard to put into words i think that people that meet me I think there's different sides of me. I think there's different, you know, there's different aspects of me that people get to meet. Mm-hmm. Like when I go to work, I'm a different person than when I'm hanging out with my friends, but it's not in a bad way. Like, it's just like my friends, is, they know me, know me. I think that I'm an artist in all aspects. I think that's how I grew up and that's how I'm going to be forever. Mm-hmm. I think that I am an entertainer, even though I get anxious in social situations. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, I think that I think that I can, you know, I'm, I love helping people. I think that I could be a teacher. I could be of guidance. I think I'm pretty wise, not to my own horror, but I think I'm pretty wise. And, you know, I, I just, that's just kind of who I am. I don't, I like to do a lot of different stuff. I play video games. Like I, I still am a kid, but I still like, you know, it's aspects of me that are already mature. Like I play video games, but I'm not going to be doing no crazy stuff or, you know, no immature stuff and mm-hmm. playing like, you know, playing with people all the time, like that's, that's not me. Yeah. What games should be playing? I'm I'm curious. I play um I play Call of Duty sometimes, I play Fortnite sometimes. I like a lot of shooter games. Um Halo. Halo two is my favorite video game of all time. I play a lot of Call of Duty zombies, so um my dad introduced me to Call of Duty zombies, so that's why I play Call of Duty. Um, but I play like internet games too. I've been playing Among Us recently, Minecraft, Roblox. So oh, we gotta run it up on Among Us one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm the best imposter, so that's just. Kind oh, of- that's a very bold statement. So that means you're a good liar. Cool. All right, let's just go on. Oh, you just admitted to being a liar. That's crazy. That's really crazy. Um. 
So this 2020 has been a crazy year. It's been a insane year. It's been a lot of bad, but it's also come with um, some good. What is some What is some good for you that happened in 2020? What's something in 2020 that you can say, oh, this is real positive for you personally? Um, I started my podcast, which is something that I never thought I'd do. I mm-hmm. got back into music because I stopped writing music for a really long time. Like I had a, I had won a contest like sophomore year and I did a concert of like only original songs Mm -hmm. but like I just was kind of just feeling disconnected from what I was writing so then I stopped for like a year and I finally picked up in in in, you know May or June whatever and I think that's really cool I finally started producing which is also really cool and I had a lot of help from my friends on that um I think that just growing is and being alive is just a positive part of 2020 because a lot of people ain't make it yeah a lot of people i know didn't make it a lot of people you know everywhere so yeah do you believe that it is important to create as an artist during this time because me personally i've been writing a lot i've uh, made this podcast you know just no not to keep people distracted from what's going on but just you know to entertain do you feel like it's important for us as artists to entertain the people during these hard times yeah i think that it's never for us, it's, I think it's like, we should never be expected to entertain people. I think that we should be able to, if you want to, sure. But if you want to make music and keep that for yourself, these are really hard times. So you being able to complete a task is really like, you know, really important because some people can barely get out the, get out the bed in the morning because they stuck in the house and they just all tired or whatever. Yeah. I think that being able to complete something for yourself and that you like it's really important no matter if you're sending it out no matter if you're keeping it for yourself i think that any any outlet of art you can never get these feelings that you have back again how you feel right now in quarantine mm-hmm. is most likely never to happen again in our lifetime yeah. so you you should write you should sing you should dance you should record whatever i don't care but just showing your art message and i this is i like this i like this i like this energy I like this um so we got this segment it's not really it's not really a segment but we got something that i ask every duke student that comes on the show and just to make sure you do go to duke ellington school of the arts correct yes i do all right cool so this is a question that i ask all duke students um i want and i need your honest opinions on Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Now, I see you smiling. I already can see that you're thinking about lies that you can tell me. You just you just I'm told me that you're, you just told me that you are a good imposter. I don't know anymore. So, if you capping, I'm call you out on it. But um, <laughs> yeah, just just go ahead. Okay, so Duke, I've been at Duke since obviously my ninth grade year, which is like 2018, fall 2018. Mm-hmm. Um. So Duke is interesting. Freshman year was very interesting. I think that it was a rough time for me coming off of what happened in the summer. So I wasn't at my best self. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things that haven't seemed really extra, I, I found good people. Like this is like, because middle school, I ain't had no good friends for real. They was all fake. But this like, this group that I'm like, I have is like tight. Like that's, that's like a life type thing. Um, I think that I found good people. Um, I'm around people that want to do art. Because at middle school, it was just like, I go here. Like, 
I, like I want to know people that actually want to do stuff and that actually are trying to do stuff. Yeah. So I think that's cool. Um, academics wise, I, I not too much horrible. I get all A's, so I be trying. I but I try really hard. Like I, I don't get A's all easily, like mm-hmm. easy. So I, that's what I always work towards. Like, um, but I think that this school, just overall, the social environment is good. I think that admin wise is not the best at all. Um, a lot of stuff happens that should not be happening, which should we should talk more openly about instead of having these assemblies and then leaving mm-hmm. it alone. Um, I think there's favoritism, which is always going to be favoritism no matter where you are. Yeah. Um, and they want us to be, they want us to be artists in the building, but they don't give us that opportunity to be artists until we leave the building, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> so, do you feel like that we need more opportunities to like perform, especially as since we're, we are performing art school, do you think that we need a whole show like together where every art form can show? Oh my God. I've been you talking know? about this for the longest. Have if you? Did, listen, if we did an all school musical, do you know how much money the school makes? Oh! Lion King, if we did, like, if we did a musical, like, every parent from all departments, like, we got, we will have, like, people coming for days and we can just do weekend show, weekend show, weekend show. Mm-hmm. That would be so much money for the school. Like, I don't even think they understand. Like when show choir did a mall my freshman year, that mm-hmm. last show we sold out at balcony, floor seats, everything was sold out. People were standing up in the back. If we had that for nights consecutively straight, that is so much money going into our pockets. So crazy. We could have VA do the sets. We could have theater be in there. We could have vocal doing all the performing arts. We could have literally everything go on. Like, it's so much money that we can make just from that show. It's we can do any show, any show that y'all can think about. We will do it and everybody's parents will come. Like, yes. It, it just is so easy. Like, I don't understand. I think that just having more performance opportunities, period, would be great. I think mm-hmm. I'm in show choir, so we constantly go on gigs, but mm-hmm. not everybody gets to do that. Yeah. So I think that, like, I know that theaters, freshmen don't really get to perform or do mm-hmm. much, um, and I don't like that. I think that even just having their own freshman showcase or whatever. Oh, oh can we, I need you to be in these board meetings that we be having. I need you to be in, I'd be trying to tell them the same thing. I'm going to have to call you. Because it, it gets them on stage. Like, you can't, you can't replicate a stage in the classroom. Message. Like, as much as they want to or as much as they think they can, it's hard to do that. Like, you can't get the feeling of them being in front of an audience. Even if it's in the black box and just their parents in there, that's still more of an audience than, like, being around their friends. Like, that's... I've been trying to tell this department this my whole freshman year. Oh, man, I'm glad. I'm glad somebody... I'm glad. I'm glad somebody is out of... We should have showcases for every grade, like even if it's small. Like just yes. performing this period is is an experience that you won't be able to replicate just anywhere. So because the best ex- like the best teacher is experience, and that's just in yeah. life, period. That's the best teacher you can get. It's it's in, it's experience. So like, I just don't you step on stage, you be like, okay, I messed up, but how am I gonna fix it next time? If I'm you're messing up in the classroom, you're not gonna feel that, you know that you know, kind of feeling of, oh, I messed up on stage. Like, those are two different feelings. Messing up in class and messing up on stage. So, this made me, this made me happy. I'm glad. I'm, thanks, shout out to Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. 
Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I see you got the museum drip on. Shout out the museum. Yes. I work there. I work there. I gotta go to work after this, but yeah. Oh, that's where you work. Yeah. Wait, weren't you on the phone when Trey <laughs> called me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, hey, sir. shout out Trey. Um, I see you got the museum drip on. How how is it? Well, well, now that I know that you were on the phone, I'll have so many more questions to ask you now. How is it like working there? How is it like just being surrounded it's by so those? Fun. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. Like I started working there like last last Friday or Saturday. Those was my mm -hmm. first two days. Mm -hmm. I think it is like the coolest experience. I, I'm I'm cool working in retail. Like it's it's really chill, but more importantly is the people that you're surrounded with. And like I cannot get the experience nowhere else. We get to joke around, we get to play. Yeah. I get to really go on break whenever I want. Like yeah. if I need it's so cool and on Saturdays we got the DJ like it's so fun in there it's nice in there and just the experience it's like it's a black owned business like you're not going to get that type of feel nowhere else but a black owned business so I, like just being able to dance around and joke and stuff like that that's really cool man I knew Trey GMO and Jay since I was a since I was a baby since I was born that's like that's like my family I grew up around them uh every time I was with my dad I I'll be around them. They are amazing people that I know. And I know that environment is just amazing because I just know them and I know how hard they work. Um, but I want to talk to you. I looked on your Instagram and I seen that you're, that you have some drip, has some drip, has some pretty solid drip. Tell me about your fashion. Tell me about your fashion sense. You know, I'm in the fashion. Tell me about where, you know, where, where your fashion sense come from. Okay. Honestly, freshman year, Throw that whole thing away. That, <laughs> that was so bad. Like, I have pictures from freshman year. I'm just like, what? Like, why? Like, this this summer or, like, sophomore, end of sophomore year to, like, this now is, like, peak of, like, you know, I guess my fits for real. I think that my fashion is, is more like I don't dress like a girl or, like, I don't dress like, you know, girly i guess I, I like wearing a lot of baggy stuff i don't wear a lot of you know skinny or fitted anything which my grandma dislikes but i don't really care and um it's just like being able to express yourself in your clothes because i'm not like you know i'm not that type of female like i just don't do that so if you if you wear if you wear baggy clothes if you wear skinny clothes i don't think that should define anything my fashion sense is I like to thrift a lot. I like to wear museum clothes a lot because I work there and their clothes are fire. Um, and I shop at H&M a lot, Zara a lot. Um, those places is kind of just my hub, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I'm really good at putting outfits together, color coordinating, stuff like that. Um, and I'm so picky with what I want everything to look like that Ooh, it's no way yeah, so I'm just like, if this color pants don't correlate with this shirt, it's just not going <laughs> And I just be in my closet just looking at the same clothes over and over again. Like, am I going to find something new come out of my closet? Like, I just, yeah, so I just keep doing that over and over again. But I think that my my style goes from, like, streetwear to, like, indie to skater to whatever you want to call it. But I think that's, like, kind of how I came into my fashion. It's all over. But that's good, though. It's good to um to have that drip variety. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Um, but I just, I have, ah, this has been an amazing episode. I want to thank you so much for coming on on such a last minute type of thing. This, this has been great. This is definitely one of my favorites. Um, is there, before we end this, uh, podcast, there's a segment that we do. It's called Dead or Alive. You can choose, um, one artist. You can choose a hundred artists. It's, it's up to you. Dead or alive, who would you like to work with? It can be musical theater, it can be just music. Dead or alive, give me give me something. Okay, Prince, I would love to work with Prince. That man is like top tier. Like you got, music, see you got the purple, see you got the purple wall. I yeah, the, the music is just so top tier. Like you cannot get that from nobody else. The energy that he gives on stage, like mm-hmm. his, like he's just so good that he can leave stage for an hour and the people still clapping. <laughs> like for real, his music is so good. I skate to his music a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just like his music is just really good. I definitely would love to work with Prince. Prince, that's it. Just Prince. I mean, I work with a lot of people. Okay, so we got Prince. Mm-hmm. who is king uh um i would work with a musical theater people there's this guy named steven sondheim if you know him you know him if you don't but he's like a um, musical theater genius like mm-hmm. he these big musicals that you mostly see is inspired by him or he has written them mm-hmm. he has paved the way he's 90 years old now he's paved the way from beginning of musical theater to now i would love to work with him his music is amazing he's really good mm-hmm. and lim Alma miranda who made hamilton who is also a genius and Jacob Collier, I think that's gonna be my last person. Jacob Collier is music Einstein. He knows everything about music and can play like 50 different instruments. And he's really good. His new newest album is really good. So. Well, Jordan, I'd like to thank you for coming on the podcast, blessing us with your wisdom and your knowledge about everything and everything going on in the world today. Is there anything you like to promote? Anything you like to push before we get off this podcast? Yes, go follow my Instagram, J with two Y's dot the dot dreamer. Mm-hmm. Um, go to my podcast, just an educated black girl on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to podcasts when it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, there should be another episode coming out soon, but school is season two? Season two, season two, season two. Should be coming out soon, but it's a lot going on, so I'm trying to figure that out. Um, but yeah, and I have music coming out soon. So go follow my Instagram if you want more information on that. Y'all, um, I advise y'all, I don't know how many of y'all go follow the people that I be on the podcast with, but I advise y'all to go follow her. If there's anybody I will want y'all to follow, it's her right here. She's, she's just amazing. She's an amazing artist. Thank you for coming on. You inspire me to be better as an artist, as a podcaster. You are great. You are amazing. This has been another installment of the Arts Block Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Curry the third. You can follow the podcast at the Arts Block Podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating in the comment. If you're listening anywhere else, shout out to you. Um, YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, turn on post notifications so you can be notified every time the podcast comes up. And remember, artists never die. And I'll see y'all next week.